Uh, we're in a brand new series in the book of Acts. Um, if you enjoyed the book of Matthew, uh, we went through that last week. Um, that was really rich for me. There's something about the Bible that when you read, um, it never fails. There's always a chunk or a nugget that you get out of it that you swore you read before. And you look and you go, wow, I've never seen that. And the Holy Spirit's going, uh-huh. If you would just read, I'll do this for you every time. And so, um, so we're going to systematically go through the book of Acts. Uh, and so today is going to be a little bit of an introduction into this series. So how many have seen the first uh, Black Panther movie? You've seen that movie? Okay. Uh, I'm not going to try to, I'm going to try not to give any spoiler alerts. I'll keep it very general. But in the first Black Panther movie... Uh, the Black Panther was from a country called Wakanda. The Wakandans possessed extremely advanced technology and resources that could have been used to benefit uh, the rest of the world and other nations. However, they chose to keep their advancements hidden from outsiders out of fear of exploitation. After the king's death, his son T'Challa inherits the throne and he begins to realize that Wakanda must share their knowledge and their resources, and their gifts, and their power for the greater good. There was a bigger picture. And so um, T'Challa, and he uses Wakanda's modern power and his power as king to establish Wakanda's place on the world stage. So using all the good that they had, all the power that they had access to, they used it to advance Wakanda's best interest, if that makes sense. And in the same way, we're going to read from Acts chapter 1, 6 through 8, so you can go ahead and prepare to turn there, or you can just follow with us on the screen. Similarly, the disciples were given power from the Holy Spirit, not just for their own gain, but for the advancement of God's kingdom. How many know God has a special interest on this earth, and he wants us to be a part? And let me just say this, God is not just looking for citizens. God is looking for agents. He wants us to sign up. Not that we can just kind of, you know, even as we're talking about Memorial Day, a lot of us citizens, including myself, are, you know, we enjoy the best of what America has to offer. And again, there are those who, it's just different for them. We have because of the team that, that signs up. And so in the same way, God has an army. And God has a goal and a purpose, and that is to advance his kingdom. And so while we get the benefit of being blessed, how many know that's just a byproduct of him being good? But at the end of the day, he has a purpose. And so as we begin this new sermon series, I want to do something a little bit different. As a part of the introduction to this series, uh, I'm going to plan to do a lot of explaining in the front. That's going to be a little bit heavy, and then we're going to get into uh, the points and some application. As we go through the book of Acts, I'd say this. It's very relevant to your life. Not just to your life. It's relevant to your church. Not just to your church. It's relevant to the rest of the world. So are you ready for this? All right, bear with me. I do not have my glasses, and I have lost my iPad somehow, some way. So usually the, uh, the text is a lot bigger and so uh, just pardon my pace. Uh, so it's important to understand the purpose of this book of Acts. The book of Acts is a link book. 
So you have the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, it was primarily God who was communicating. And then in the New Testament, the first four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are known as the Gospels. And in the Gospels, it was the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Jesus breaks out on the scene, and it's, it goes from God in the Old Testament to Jesus in the Gospels, who is now the primary communicator. Okay, he has taken the lead. I don't know if you, how many are into uh, real wrestling, like WWE? The real stuff, not the fake stuff. Do they still do tag team in that? They do. Okay, so imagine God going, uh, shaking the world in the Old Testament with Elijah and Moses and all those guys. And then he goes, oh, Jesus, your turn. Tap. And then Jesus steps in those robes and starts to hook out, right? This is what's happening. So in the first four books of the gospel, uh, the gospels, Jesus shows up and it's primarily him. And then after Jesus uh, gives his life, he's resurrected and then he shows up to his people, his followers, his disciples, but mainly his apostles. The ones who are going to lead this brand new church in the book of Acts is the beginning of the church. Not just the beginning, but its expansion. And because it's expanded, we are who we are today. So we're going to look at what caused them to expand and to be so effective. But it's a link book. After that, Jesus says, he tells his disciples, I must go. Because if I don't, I can't send you the helper who's going to help you. Because Jesus was limited to his humanity. So imagine, because a lot of times we think if, if Jesus was God, but he was also man. But if he was God, he can do anything. And so how is he limited? So I think the best way to explain this is this. If Jesus walked into this room, we would all be starstruck, wouldn't we? And I would take a seat on the front row. <laughs> and I would give him the mic. And let him do what he does. And then all of us would be clamoring to take Jesus to lunch afterwards, wouldn't we? Like, you know, hey, Jesus, hey, you busy after this? You know, maybe we can, you know, hang out. But I'll just say this as the pastor, I will, I will pull rank and say, no, 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 Jesus is going to lunch with me. Okay? I don't pull rank very much, but I will for that, right? And maybe any pro athlete that shows up, Eric. <laughs> But what happens is Jesus is limited to in, in, in his humanity. So while he would love to go to lunch with everybody, because he chose to be a man in this moment, he can't possibly go to lunch with everybody. Does that make sense? But we read that he could do anything he wanted, perform miracles, read people's mail, all of that. So does that make any sense so far? And he was limited in his humanity. And he said, if I don't go... The helper who can help you better in this situation cannot show up. And so he tells the disciples, I'm going, but don't worry. We're all on the same team. And then Jesus tags up. And the Holy Spirit now steps in and shows up on the scene. And now it's the Holy Spirit. We've been in the church age and the grace age ever since Jesus went back to heaven and the Holy Spirit showed up. Okay, you still with me? Now, this is where we are. Um, so the Father sent the Son. The Son promised and sent the Holy Spirit. And Acts represents the birth of this New Testament church or the current church that we all live in right now, the church itself. 
So to understand and appreciate the book of Acts, you must understand the centerpiece, the main character of this book, which is the Holy Spirit. Jesus, after his burial and resurrection, he leaves, the Holy Spirit shows up, and we enter an age of grace, but not just grace, but an age of power. Say power. And this is where I want to talk about. In Acts 1.8, we come to this central theme. This, I think, sums up the whole book of Acts. So we're going to go there. Read it with me. It says, So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of, uh, to Israel? And he said to them, It's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. In other words, that's above your pay grade. Don't worry about it. Okay, stop speculating, as Pastor Matt said last week, right? And then verse 8, notice the change here. He goes from talking about an established kingdom. We're going to get into this. I'll try to explain it uh, as best as I can. And all of a sudden, it flips. And he says, but you will receive, this is Jesus, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Sumeria and to the ends of the earth. The title of my message today is Power to Advance God's Kingdom. Power to Advance God's Kingdom. It's not expressly implied in our main text, but I want you to know that the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to bring the reality of God's kingdom into our present experience. Let me read that again so you can digest it. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to bring the reality of God's kingdom, whatever is going on up there, he wants to bring it down here for you and I. It's to bring the reality of God's kingdom into your present Experience. Jesus spoke a lot about the kingdom of God, and we can't go any further unless we understand this kingdom of God. We don't have time to go real deep into it, but I'll say this. Regarding the kingdom of God, whenever Jesus spoke about it, it was a little confusing because he would say the kingdom of God is here, or the kingdom of God is near, or if you've been healed, if I've healed you, then the kingdom of God has showed up. But there is another physical aspect to his kingdom that he's talking about. And so this is what the disciples and, and, and his followers were asking him. Is this the time, Jesus, where you actually established the kingdom the way that they wanted, the way that they thought it should be? Are you giving it back to Israel now? Are we going to rule and reign with you here on this earth? That's what they were talking about. And so there's a present kingdom that Jesus says, yes, that's coming, but not yet. And so even though there is a presence that we have to wait for, Jesus is saying here, you're waiting for the presence, but the power you can have now. The power you can have right now. And then Jesus, of course, skips past all of that. I love Pastor Matt's message last week that says to stay focused. A lot of times we talk about the last days and the end times, and ooh, we love that kind of stuff. That's like movie material, right? 
And Jesus is saying, well, don't, 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 don't get sidetracked by that. It's coming. It's still real. It's still true. But stay focused. And then he flips. He says, there's a kingdom that we have to build. And you're going to help me build it. The kingdom that you're asking about, you're going to help me establish it and build it. It's for God to be glorified. And it's for God's kingdom to continue expanding. You realize God's kingdom has been expanding since the time Jesus walked the earth. And it's continuing. Now we're part of this exciting age that we call, and I believe are the last days. I know we've been in the last days since Jesus, but I think we're in the last, 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 last days. I mean, when you look at the news and you hear about the things, and, and I'm speaking to myself as I just told you, don't speculate. But I'm going, but ooh, he must be close. And so through the Holy Spirit, we can experience the presence of God and the transforming power in our everyday life. Respond to the spiritual realm. How many know that the Holy Spirit is a spirit, right? And so if we want that power, we don't tap into what we have here. We tap into what's up there. And that's why his goal is to bring what is reality up there to us down here. It can only be made possible through him. And so the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to bring the reality of God's kingdom into your present experience. But also... It's God's will for every believer to experience the moving of the Holy Spirit or the power of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 2.38, this is the second chapter, one chapter after what we just read. It says, and Peter said to them, repent, be baptized. When, when somebody says, oh, what must I do after, you know, I become a Christian, now what? This is it. Repent, be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive what? The gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise in regards to the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you, but not just you, for your children, and for all who are far off. How many know God is inclusive? How many know God doesn't want anybody left out? Especially if he calls you family. He goes, I don't want you missing out. I want the best for my kids, right? And so we use this excuse, oh, I didn't have this as a kid, so I want my kids to have a Xbox. That's the excuse I use with my wife. I didn't have this stuff when I was growing up. Babe, we, I think it's worth it. Then, you know, I can spend time with the kids, so let's buy that PS5, right? We want what's best for our kids, and God doesn't want anyone to miss out. This is for, say, everyone. It's for Everyone, let me remind you what Jesus told the disciples in regards to this promise. He said, do not do anything, do not go anywhere until the Holy Spirit comes because when he shows up, you won't just have activity, but you'll have power. And a lot of us are satisfied with activity, and I am too. I love coming to church with you guys. I love being here on Sunday. One of the highlights of my week is my men's group on Thursday mornings. I love to meet with, I love the activity of, of church life. But how many know, if you just have activity with no power, we're not going anywhere. God says, I am building a kingdom. I want you to think this is the bigger picture. So we, we love this verse, God's gonna give us power. Holy Spirit, 
yes, healing and, and miracles, and we love that stuff, and I do too. But there's a reason and a purpose. There's a bigger picture. It's because he is building a kingdom. Don't forget that, right? It keeps us humble. But like we said earlier, the Holy Spirit is tied to God's supernatural power. Now, why is this important? Because God wants to establish his kingdom here on earth. And it can only happen. We only get a glimpse of this when we tap into the Holy Spirit because we offer nothing. We have no power. But he does. And when we invite the Holy Spirit into our lives and then he does those miraculous things, we got no brag. We step back and we go, wow, God, thank you. But it can only happen through him. So how many of you, um, how many of you have a, appliances at home? Okay, what is your favorite appliance? Microwave. Ooh, love that microwave. What else? The fridge, rice cooker, brah. Okay, what else? Keurig. Keurig. Man, we're getting serious. That's, that's real. That's real. What else? Air fryer. Come on. See, we're, we're about being transparent here in this church. How many are following the NBA playoffs? How many cannot live without your television? Okay. How many know those appliances are all good? They're ready to work. They want to work. They want to serve you. They want to be a blessing to you. But without power, they're nothing. And so as Christians, we have a lot at our disposal. God makes us all available. But somehow we either forget to plug it in or we choose not to plug it in. How many know what I'm talking about? Right? Because the Holy Spirit is a little bit different. It's different. It's, it's, it's a little foreign to us. I admit as a pastor, sometimes the Holy Spirit does things and I'm going, hmm, right? God, can you do it different next time? How many of we can't do that? The Holy Spirit's going to do what he wants. And I'm not saying that it's out of order or anything like that. I believe God puts the church to direct, to govern, leaders to govern. But sometimes the Holy Spirit shows up. Our job as leaders is to hear and listen and go, okay, if you say so. But all of these things require power and electricity. And if we're missing the power, maybe there is a short or a disconnection in our power. What electricity is to your, oh, we forgot, we forgot smartphones. How in the world will you charge those without power? What electricity is to our appliances into our gadgets, the Holy Spirit is to our Christian lives and to our church. We must say, turn to somebody and say, you must stay plugged in. And there's another thing. In Acts chapter 2, there was a scene when the day of Pentecost had arrived. All the people who were in the upper room were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues. One of the accusations against the people speaking in tongues was, you must be drunk. You remember that? One of the easiest ways to understand the Holy Spirit is a word called intoxication. Now, if you have ever been intoxicated, do not raise your hand. <laughs> 
or you know somebody who has been intoxicated, you may raise your hand, just don't point. It gives you an idea into how we're supposed to operate. Now, a little um, juicy tidbit about me before I got saved, I appreciated intoxication. I had my moments. Something about intoxication allows you to um, do things you probably wouldn't normally do on your own if you were in your right mind, right? And so I can remember a time where uh, my sister's here. One of our dogs, when we were growing up at Anderson Air Force Base, we got because my dad was drunk. He was at a party. We lived on this circle. And imagine on this circle, all the houses faced outward towards the street. So all of our backyards were in the same field, I guess. My dad goes to this party on the other corner, and that family, I can't even believe I'm talking about puppies right now, because for those of you who know my life right now, it's, and so my dad was at a party, and their dog had puppies. My dad does not like pets, but he's intoxicated. He brings a puppy home, walks through everyone's backyard, goes through our back door, our back door has this small hallway with a washer and dryer. He puts the puppy on the dryer, and he calls my whole family, and he says, everybody come here, look at this puppy. And my mom walks up and goes, no. And my dad, of all people, starts going, oh, come on, look at his eyes. He needs a home. He, he, he already loves us. And, then, and my mom was like, you know what? This is a mistake. But okay, we'll keep it. My dad woke up the next morning going, where did this dog come from? <laughs> Being intoxicated means that something else has taken over. In regards to the Holy Spirit, sometimes it means allowing him to take over. And for us to be so totally intoxicated. You know, you ever heard of that uh, term, oh, they're full of it? Right? That could be said about the ones at the day of Pentecost when they started speaking in tongues. Oh, they're full of it. But I'll say this. The more you are full of something, the more power you'll probably have of it. And that was their situation. That was their situation. So God wants his people to be under the influence of his Holy Spirit. The reason why the church in the book of Acts is on fire and the reason why the apostles are, are preaching and doing amazing things and people are preaching and lives are being changed and people are giving their lives to God, the reason why is because they were intoxicated. When it talks about being baptized, when we, just a couple of weeks ago, when we celebrated with all those who got water baptized, it means a total immersion. It's, it's a total immersion. Matter of fact, we, we make sure you, your head almost hits the bottom when we baptize you, right? And that's what this, he, he wants you to be totally sold out and to go all in. That's when the Holy Spirit moves. Now, I get it. We can't relate with him all the time because um, uh, Holy Spirit, for lack of better words, holy is his first name. <laughs> holy, right? That already we can't relate with. I don't know about you, but I am far from holy. 
I, I got up here in front of you this morning saying, I know what I'm capable of without God. So the fact that it's the Holy Spirit, we're already going, whoa. So we can't relate with him on that. And then the other thing is uh, Holy uh, Spirit. We talked about this just a minute ago. The Holy Spirit is a spirit. Anybody surprised by that? Does that blow anybody away? He's a spirit, meaning it's not a physical thing. You can't uh, relate to him uh, physically. You can't uh, touch him, and it's not, it's not a feeling. It's, not a, it's, it's the Holy Spirit is, is spirit, and so he operates uh, in this way. And so they're doing all of these crazy things because they were full. They were full of it. They were full of the spirit if that makes sense. And so God wants us to be full of him. And again, the fuller you are, the more supernatural your experience will be. And so the reason that, um, again, we may not see this could be we're unplugged, we're not connected, or uh, we just don't relate, uh, or maybe we're, and let's just be honest, sometimes, uh, openly admitting, sometimes the Holy Spirit can be a little bit scary because you don't know what's going to happen. Right? And so there's this thing about the Holy Spirit where we, where we step back. But I say let's consume him a little bit. Let's invite him. And then let him do what only he can do. Because he has your best interest in mind. He doesn't want to embarrass you. He doesn't want you to fail or get hurt or none of that. He can be trusted. Because the Holy Spirit is a person. Let's say this. He's a person that you should relate to. And again, I get it, guys. It's hard to relate. And when we don't relate, I'll I'll say this about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, um, you know, the Bible talks about uh, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You guys remember that? Don't quench the Holy Spirit. You want to know why? Because the Holy Spirit's sensitive. He's sensitive. And I start to think back, Man, God, oh, gosh, I just wonder how many times I've quenched you. Where you wanted to do something in my life, where you wanted to show up, where you wanted to do something, where you were going to use me powerfully, but I don't know, my doubt, unbelief, my shame, my uh, embarrassment, I don't know. How many can relate to what I'm saying? And so I'm sure there are many, many times where I've grieved him and I've quenched him when we talk about the Holy Spirit it means holy means different holy means it means separate and it means distinct from that which doesn't agree with God holy is a distinct something that doesn't agree with God so when I in my life, end up doing something and it doesn't, it's not consistent with God's character. How many know that'll grieve the Holy Spirit? Yet one of the, one of the, um, uh, one of the illustrations of the Bible in regards to the Holy Spirit is a dove. You guys remember this? How many of you have ever picked up a dove? They're one of the meekest animals you could ever, I mean, they're beautiful, they're great, but you get near one and they, they take off. And the Holy Spirit is like a dove, and so it doesn't take much for us to make him go. Let's start to land this. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to bring the reality of God's kingdom into your present experience. 
God's will is for every believer to experience the moving of the Holy Spirit. And finally, we experience the moving of the Holy Spirit's power as we engage him and as we submit to him. Galatians 5, uh, I was going to read this whole scripture, but I'm only going to read the first part. It says, but I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the Spirit. To walk means to move with him. Because one of the, another characteristic of the Holy Spirit is, um, uh, is uh, wind. So what is wind? Wind is air that is moving. Right? Uh, how many of you here believe there's air in this room? Yeah, yeah, because you're breathing it, right? But how do you know? Because you don't see it. Right? But the more... Uh, something consumes a place, especially in the area of air and wind, the more effect it will have. The thing about God is he's constantly moving. And if you don't move with him, you might be thinking, well, I'm not doing anything. I'm not going backwards. But the fact that he's moving forward is, it means he's moving without you. He's already leaving you. Our job is to stay and step with him. The more moving air there is, the more you will be affected by it. Trees will blow. Hair is going to blow. That's how we know that wind is there. We don't see it. We see the effects of it. That's probably one of the easiest ways to explain the Holy Spirit. So what I'm trying to say is if we want to see the Holy Spirit move, we must engage with the Holy Spirit. We must move with him. How do we engage him in prayer, the Bible says? We engage him in prayer. No prayer, no movement. No prayer, no movement, no, no spirit. Another way that we engage the Holy Spirit, and the Bible is very distinct about these two things through prayer, and the other one's unity. Unity is a powerful thing in this world because how many know we can walk out this door and find a bunch of places where disunity exists? And so I can't remember if we were in our men's group or where we were uh, or who I was with, but we were talking about, you know, only in the church can you find people from different backgrounds, different nationalities, different uh, economic situations, uh, different experiences, different everything, different health conditions, different. And we, this is where it's supposed to work. This is where it's all supposed to come together and work. And when it does, the rest of the world goes, my gosh, how is that possible? It's a beautiful thing. And when we find that and we get that and we do that, God blesses it. When the Holy Spirit shows up and he sees that and he finds it, he goes, yo, watch what I do now. The power of unity don't grieve the spirit. Don't quench the spirit. You may have God's presence because we're saved, because we receive Jesus, because we go to life group, because we got all these things and we do all these things, and, but it doesn't mean the power is always there. The power is very distinct. The power is optional. It's optional. 
unless we choose to plug in, unless we choose to move. Unless we do that, we probably won't see what we're talking about here. The power, and as I wind down, why is all of this important? Because the book of Acts is showing us the supernatural birth and expansion of this thing that we call church. This thing that we love. And we can look at it biblically, we can look at it historically and see that it's an amazing thing. It's a crazy thing. And when we look at the example here in Acts, we, we have to take note and say, what was it that caused them to expand and to, and to take this world by storm? And it hasn't stopped since. And the reason why it expanded and it caught fire, which is another, man, that's a whole other sermon, the Holy Spirit and fire. We won't go there, okay? I don't know if y'all are ready for that. I don't know if I'm ready for that. But the reason why the church was on fire back then is because Jesus was exalted. Now check this out. He was exalted through people. He was exalted through people. That means you and I can be a part of this. If you want. If you want. Jesus being exalted through people who were unified in the spirit and who were living to only do one thing, and that's please him. Then the power of the kingdom showed up. Then the church expanded. Then the church couldn't be stopped by governments, by movements, by anything else. God wants us all to experience the Holy Spirit's power because he wants us to do well. When we do well, others do well. When we do well, the church does well. And when the church does well, the kingdom of God advances. Amen? That's the reason and the purpose. Thank God for his power, but there's a reason for it. I wanted to say this all before we get into this series so that we can keep the bigger picture, the bigger picture as we go through this. Bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you for your word. And Lord, we thank you for uh, all that you have in, in, in store for us. Oh God, Lord, you're, you're so forward thinking. Lord, you, you, Lord, you have plans and Lord, to, ex, uh, to establish uh, your kingdom. One day we're gonna walk in, in that. And we're gonna see that. We're gonna experience it. A physical kingdom which you rule and reign here on this earth. But until then, You're saying, let me give you a glimpse of what this kingdom is like. And although that presence may not uh, be here right now, but Lord, you give us access to that power. You give us access to that power. And Father, we want to see you rule and reign. Lord, we want to see your authority here. And Lord, we want to see your activity here and in our lives. We want to see you move. But it means we must keep in step with the Holy Spirit by walking in the Spirit. God, help us to walk with you today. Help us to walk with you today. Now, Father, I just pray if there's anything that is hindering our walk, if there's anything that is hindering our minds, anything that is hindering us from uh, receiving or 
or uh, willingly moving. Father, I, I just pray, Holy Spirit, you're the one who's going to help us with that. So in our hearts and in our minds, Father, I pray you would meet us because we trust you. Help us to follow you and then help us to see you move so that we can be a blessing, uh, not just in our lives, but to our friends, to our families, and Lord, to this church so that you can help us accomplish what you've called us to do. If you're here today and you uh, either don't know God or maybe you're distant from him, maybe a little too distant, I just want to give you an opportunity before we close. If you're here today and you want to get right with God, let's just say it like that. Um, We're going to all pray together, but I want to see who we're specifically praying for. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Is that anybody here? Is that anybody here? Okay, praise God. We're all family. Thank you, Lord. Father, bless every nation church. Lord, we want to be a church that sees your power move, that sees your power available, but sees your power move. Now, Father, I just pray that you would break through in our lives. I pray if there are anybody here who is in need of a healing in their body, uh, Lord, that you would heal them. Father, if they need an infusion financially, a miracle, uh, Lord, I I get it. Sometimes that's a self-inflicted wound. But Lord, I pray (laughs) that you would be like algae to that turtle, that you would provide anyway. Lord, that you would make a story out of our mess. Lord, if there's anybody who's in here and they, they feel alone and maybe they're anxious or maybe they're depressed or I don't know what it is, Holy Spirit, we invite you into that space and we say take over, move, and bless this church. Father, we look forward to this series, what you're going to do, how you're going to inspire us, how you're going to move us to be a blessing to others in this community. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. We'll see you next week. Invite somebody else with you, all right?